We're on a Chagiga Yedalad on Bez 14b2 in the Archkol Gemara. We just discussed the story of Rabbi Loza ben Arach and Rabbi Yochan ben Zakkai. Rabbi Yochan ben Zakkai was the teacher, Rabbi Loza ben Arach was the student, and Rabbi Loza ben Arach wanted to study the Maisa Merkava, the details about this prophecy of the chariot of Hashem. Rabbi Yochan ben Zakkai thought that he wasn't... Uh, he wasn't wise enough. He wasn't able to, to study these esoteric ideas. Rabbi Lezim then said, well, you taught me something, or he was acting in a way of respect, saying that I have the following teaching. With regards to the Maestro Merkava, he explained it, and then there was this big fire that came out from the sky, and the trees were singing, and it was this uh, massive event. And finally, Rabbi Yochum ben Zakkai praises his student, Rabbi Lezim for being somebody who is both somebody who knows how to teach and understand these ideas, as well as somebody who is a Mekayim, who also fulfills these ideas, and he says praiseworthy is Avram Avinu, Avram our forefather, that Rabbi Loza ben Arach came from him. And that's what we concluded in the last recording. So, as a continuation of that, it says, This is in the first column of 14b2, when they said over this story in front of Rabbi Yeshua, so he, Rabbi Yeshua, and Rabbi Yosiah Cohen, the Rabbi Yosiah the Cohen, were walking on the road. Amru. So they said, these two were also students of Rabbi Yochum ben Zakkai. So they said to each other, Wow, look at that experience that they got, that Rabbi Yochum ben Zakkai and Rabbi Yosiah ben Arach got. Let us also, me and you, Rabbi Yeshua and Rabbi Yosiah Cohen, let us also expound upon the Maisa Merkava. So Pasuk Rabbi Yehuda Vidarish, Rabbi Yehuda started to explain the Maisa Merkava and what happened. That was the summertime, the month of Tammuz, and usually it's not cloudy in those times, but all of a sudden, after he was expanding upon the Maisa Merkava, so then the skies became thick, full of clouds, and there was something like a rainbow in the clouds. And the angels we're coming, gathering around to hear. Just like people come to gather to see the different performances that occur in front of the groom and bride, that at weddings we have people that uh, do these dances or they play with fire, a different shtick in front of the groom and the bride and everyone gathers around in a circle. So too, the angels were gathering around in a circle to listen to Rabbi Yeshua Expound upon the Maisa Merkava. So Halach Rabbi Yosei Cohen. Afterwards, Rabbi Yosei Cohen, who was experienced this, he went to a secret Devarim with Rabbi Yochanan Zakkai. He told this over to his teacher, to their teacher, Rabbi Yochanan Zakkai. The Amar Rabbi Yochanan Zakkai said, "What was his response? Ashrechem v'Ashriyaladzchem. You are so fortunate, and fortunate are those who gave birth to you, your mother. Ashri Einai Shikachro. Fortunate." Are my eyes that have seen Sinai. And in fact, in my dreams, me and you, we were all on Mount Sinai. And there was a voice coming from the sky while we were on Mount Sinai, which is the mountain which had the giving of the Torah. And we were both, all of us were by Mount Sinai. And the following is what was said from the heavenly voice Olulukan, Olulukan, come up, come up. 
We have these large dining halls with these beautiful couches are prepared for you. Atem, for you, v'tamidechem, for your students. V'tamideh, tamidechem, muzumanim, lakas shlishis. You, your students, and your students' students, they're all invited to the third group. What does it mean, the third group? There were different groups that were, so to speak, in Shemaim, in the heavens, that they surround the Shechina. They surround the godly presence. And the heavenly voice said that you're so close, you're already in the third group, which is a very close to that experience of, of the Shechina, of that godly presence. Okay, so that is the end of that story. So the Gemara now has a question on that story. The Gemara says, Ini, is this really true? Tanya, but it was taught in a Braisa that Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, Omer, Rabbi Yehuda says, Shloshar saying there are three times that there were discussions about the Maeser and Merkava. And it says, Rabbi Yeshua, here it's a Dvarim, Lefnei Rabbi Yochum ben Zakkai. Rabbi Yeshua said things in front of Rabbi Yochum ben Zakkai. Rabbi Kiva, here it's a Lefnei Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Kiva, Explain the Maizam Merkava in front of Rabbi Yeshua. And Hanane ben Chachinai, here it's a Lefnei Rabbi Kiva. And Hanane ben Chachinai, explained it in front of Rabbi Kiva. So essentially, Hanina ben Chachinai, sorry, explained it to Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva then explained it to Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Yeshua then explained it to Rabbi Yochum ben Zakkai. But nowhere does it mention anything about Rabbi Lazar ben Arach. In the first story, it was Rabbi Lazar ben Arach who told over details of the Maizam Merkava to his teacher, <coughs> is not mentioned in the in the in the list of those that expounded upon the Maisa Merkava. So the Gemara answers the Artsi Artsu Kame Kachashiv. The Artsi Artsu Kame The Gemara answers no. This list is not a full list of people that have that have um, mentioned and expounded upon the Maisa Merkava. It's referring to only those that others told it to them, and then they told it to other people. But if they told it to others, like Rabbi Arach, but no, but nobody mentioned it to somebody before him, somebody nobody mentioned it to him. So then that's not counted. Rabbi Arach was somebody who expounded upon it, but we don't have any reference. We don't know any source that says that somebody else taught it to him. So therefore, it's not included in the list. But the first one on this list, or the last one, but historically the first one on this list, Hananya ben Chachinai, in this price, taught it to Rabbi Yekiva, who taught it to Rabbi Yeshua, who taught it to Rabbi Yechon ben Zaka. But the first one, on, the first one historically, Hananya ben Chachinai, we don't have any reference that says that he taught it, that he uh, got it from somebody else. So, so, so why is he mentioned in the list? So my answer is no. The Artsi Mia Kame Man the Artsi. So the more answer is no. Chananya Ben Chachinai was someone who told it to someone to someone who at least told it to someone else. At least, even though we don't, doesn't say who who told it over to to Chanina, Chananya Ben Chachinai. But since he told it to someone who then told it to somebody else, it, it traveled to two people. So the point is that since he told someone who told it to somebody else, they're included. As long as it goes from one person to a second person. So then you'll be included on the list. But when it comes to Rabbi Elazar ben Arach, all we know is that he told it to Rabbi Yochum ben Zakkai, and we don't know that Rabbi Yochum ben Zakkai then told it to somebody else. So everybody on the list is either passing it along to two people, or they are the go-between, between one person, and then they're passing it over to the second person. So that will be included in this list that's found in this b'risa, but not Rabbi Elazar ben Arach, even though he did teach it to 
Rabbi Yochum ben Zakkai, but we don't know that Rabbi Yochum ben Zakkai then taught that to somebody else. And that is the conclusion of that part of the Gemara and the stories about the teachings of the Maisa Merkava. The Gemara now is discusses a, the beginning of a discussion which we'll, we'll continue on to next week's recordings. But it's about something which is a famous story about four people entering into the pardes, into the orchard, and what happens to them when they enter into the orchard. So let's uh, let's begin this. Tanarabanan, it is taught in Abraisa. Four rabbis, four people entered into the pardes, into the orchard. And this is not your regular orchard. Pardes stands for uh, Pshat, Remez, Drush, and Sod. These are four different levels of understanding, with including the esoteric ideas. And these are the secrets of Torah with different levels. Now it's unclear... There's a discussion when they go into this pardes, is this a physical place or is this some sort of intellectual level? It's not really a physical place, but the four of them went, and it's also if it's in a, on an intellectual level, it's unclear how they all four of them went together in this uh, in this sort of state of being of going into the pardes, of going into the orchard. But it seems to be that the four of them are going together, as we will see. So who are the four? Ben Aza is number one. Ben Azai is, uh, just so that you know, Ben Azai is somebody who was so devoted to the Torah, studied Torah all the time, that he didn't even get married. He, he said that uh, he didn't get married, that it was, uh, was going to stop him from his Torah study. So, and the Gemara discusses this, whether it was the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do. Uh, for him, it was the right thing to do that he was, so, he was so devoted to the Torah that he didn't even get married. Uben Zoma, and Ben Zoma is number two. Acher. The person named Acher, which we will have a large, uh, a significant discussion on in next week's recording. Acher just means the other. The other. Um, and we'll have a discussion on who the other is. It's referring to Elisha ben Avua, who was a rabbi who then left Torah observance. But he also enters into this pardes, into this uh, sphere of the secrets of the Torah. And the last one is Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva. So we have Ben Azai, Ben Zoma. Acher, who's Elisha ben Avua, and Rabbi Akiva. Amar lehem Rabbi Akiva. So Rabbi Akiva says to them before they enter, so it seems like they're all entering together. He says, a bit of a cryptic line here, When you reach near the the pure marble stones, don't say, don't say there's water here. There's water here. Even though it looks like water. Because if you're in such a state, such a holy state, so then to be in that state and to lie, to say something which is incorrect, so then that's not that's not good, and you won't be able to stand in front of uh, God's eyes, so to speak. So you're basically saying that listen, when you're when you're going into this orchard, into this uh, intellectual uh, realm, this spiritual realm, you got to be extremely, extremely careful with your conclusions, with your analysis, with what you say. You have to be careful as we're going to see what happens to them. So the, the Brisa continues and it says, what happened? Ben Azai, the first one, hits its vimes. Ben Azai glanced towards God and he quickly, and he died right away. He died. It was just too much and he died. And they quote a verse that says that difficult is it in the eyes of Hashem is the death of his devout ones. That Ben Azai was um, was uh, 
was so close to Hashem that he had to he had to die. One of the commentators explains that his soul became so spiritual that he just he couldn't come out of it and he couldn't come back to the physical world. The second one, Benzoma, hated Vinifka. Benzoma looked at at the divine presence, and then Vinifka he just became totally unstable. He wasn't able to function properly. This is what the verse says: Devash Matsasa. When you find honey, achol dayacha, pen tisbeenu v'hakeso. We also compared honey earlier to the to the Torah, to the secrets of the Torah. So it says here, when you find honey, eat what you need, what you need, what is sufficient, lest you have too much and then you vomit from it. And that he had a bit too much and then he was he became unstable. Acher, the number three, Elisha ben Avua, who is the one that uh, was a was a great Torah scholar, and then he left. Uh, and then he left it. He left uh, Judaism, religion. When he was in this orchard, we're now turning to 14 before, he chopped down, it's a strange phrase here, he chopped down the saplings in the orchard. So what exactly does this mean? It means that he started being involved in inappropriate spiritual pursuits. He was getting involved in some sort of inappropriate spiritual pursuits. Others say, what does it mean that he chopped down? It means the Mithra Meliyahu says this, that he cut down, he divided between his heart, his lave, his heart, and his seichel, his mind. And the two really have to be connected. In order to serve God properly, your mind and your heart have to be in the same place. And his mind and his heart were, were cut off from each other. And that's what it means in the Gemara here. And that you need your heart and your actions to be on the same place as your mind. That you can't just have these intellectual pursuits. If you're true to your intellectual pursuits, you have to be true also to your actions. And they both have to be devoted towards towards God, and they have to be committed towards God, not just your thoughts, but also your actions. And then finally, Rabbi Kiva, Yatza B'Shalom. Rabbi Kiva, he left in peace. He was the last one, and he left in peace. He was able to, to get out there peacefully, unscathed. The Gemara is going to come back to, to this topic, but it goes on two side topics with regards to Benzoma, because we mentioned Benzoma, and they discuss two questions that are asked to Benzoma. And the first question is asked on the bottom of Yadal and Bez, which is what we're going to conclude with for this recording. Just the question that's asked of Benzoma and the answer. And then the second question is the very beginning of the next page, so we will hold off on that till next week. But let's just go through the first question. Shalu has Benzoma. So this is a bit of a tangent, where there's a question that's asked of Benzoma. We're only mentioning this again because Benzoma was just mentioned as one of the four people who enter into this pardes, into this uh, orchard. And it says, they asked Benzoma, Mahu Lasaruse Kalva, are you allowed to uh, castrate? Are you allowed to neuter a dog? Now there's a prohibition to neuter animals. You're not allowed to castrate animals. And the question is, are you allowed to neuter a dog? Why would a dog be any different? So a dog might be different because a dog cannot be brought onto the base onto the Mizbech. You're not allowed to bring a dog as a korban. And as a sacrifice, and maybe this is only limited to that which is connected to the Mizbeach. Um, that's that's uh, one explanation, or even more than that, a dog, even if you if you were to sell a dog for something which is fit for the Mizbeach in general, like if you were to sell it for for uh, for cattle or something like that, so then that, whatever you buy for it, whatever the purchase is for that, that cannot be brought on the Mizbeach. So it's a dog is unique in that it really is distanced from the Mizbeach, so then maybe there is no prohibition. Alternatively, there's an there's a interesting explanation given by the Malbim, 
the Malbim says that we're not talking about a dog here, but we're really talking about a seal. Because even though there's a prohibition to castrate animals that are on the land, there's no prohibition when it comes to fish in the sea. And the question is, what happens if you have a creature that's in between, like a seal? A seal is both on land and in the sea. So then is there a prohibition or not? So the Gemara answers, Amr Lahem, Ben Zoma said to them, It says in the verse that you cannot do this in your land, that you cannot um, castrate uh, the animal, the dog, or the seal in your land. Or it's talking about in general, not just about the dog and the seal in the verse. But it says, To any animal in your land, you cannot do, even to a dog, or according to the Malbim, even to a seal, you're not allowed to castrate that animal. Okay, and that concludes this page. So again, we had the story of what happens when you discuss Maisim Merkava. Then we had the story of the four people that go into this orchard or this spiritual orchard. And then finally, it went into a side topic because one of the people was Benzoma, so they asked about uh, castrating a dog, neutering a, a dog or a seal. And they said that there's also prohibition with regards to that. And hopefully in our Shabbos class that we'll have over Shabbos, we will go further into this law about neutering and castrating. Uh, why, is it, why is it a prohibition? What's the idea behind it? What are the, how far do we take it? Uh, that will be discussed in our Shabbos class.